Well, thanks for reading that, Joe, and um, thanks for joining us for, I'm sure, all of us, a, a new experience. Certainly new for me, uh, speaking to you, but standing in an empty church. And I'm sure new for you as you sit at home or maybe lie on bed, keep concentrating um, as we look at this passage together. A, a new experience for all of us. It's all new, new in terms of church. We can't come to a building. We're thinking of different ways to meet with one another online. It, it, it's new. It, it keeps being told, I keep getting told it's unprecedented these times. It, it's uneasy. It's uncertain. It's unfamiliar. It's a time that can leave us with lots and lots of questions. What are the next few weeks, the next few months going to look like? How long is this going to go on for? And we can be left looking to our leaders for guidance, our politicians, scientists, healthcare. And, and sometimes when the politicians come back, it can leave us with more questions. What is non-essential travel? What is social distancing? And maybe if you're a Christian, maybe you have more questions. What's going on? What are we meant to do? How am I meant to act or, or react at times like this? It's unprecedented times. Well, as we join Samuel in 1 Samuel 12, the people of Israel are in unprecedented times as well. It's a new era for them. It's a new time. Things are new. Samuel, the leader, is, is coming to the end. He's stepping down as the leader of Israel. And they're getting a new king, the first king for Israel. What are these times going to look like? And so in 1 Samuel 12, we have Samuel's last recorded speech. It's, if you like, his last rallying cry to the people of Israel as he calls them and what he calls them to do. And did you notice the repeated phrases that came up as Joe read the passage that give us a clue to what Samuel really wants the people to get? Verse 14, fear the Lord, serve and obey him. Verse 20, do not be afraid, do not turn away, but serve the Lord. Verse 24, fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. Samuel says that in these unprecedented times of a new king, stick with God, serve God, don't turn away from God. So why should the people of Israel stick with God? Why should they not turn away in these unprecedented times? Why should we stick with God in these unprecedented times? Well, let's see as we get into the passage. So do make sure you've got a Bible in front of you. We're going to be diving into this a lot as we look at what Samuel says and as, what, as we learn from what Samuel says. Here's the first point. The faithfulness of Israel's leader. The faithfulness of Israel's leader. You see, Samuel starts almost by stating his claim to speak. He, he wants to encourage Israel. He wants to challenge Israel. But before he gets there, he almost vindicates his own leadership. Did you see it in verse 3? Have a look down. Here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? 
If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. Samuel says, before I speak, I want to make sure I've acted right in your sight. Anyone who has anything against me, bring it forward. If you were here uh, at church a few weeks ago, you might remember how the contrast here, as Samuel describes himself, compared to what he said about who these kings will be, what these kings will be like. Do you remember it in chapter 8? He says, these kings, well, they'll just take, and they'll take, and they'll take, and they'll take. Samuel here says, have I taken? Test my character whilst I've been among you. And the response, have a look down, verse 4. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. And Samuel said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and also his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. Here is a man who is upright. Here is a man who is faithful. Here is a man who is godly in his character, in the way that he has led the people of Israel. In these unprecedented times, stick with God. And why can the people of Israel listen to Samuel and his words here? Well, because he is God's faithful leader. And that is seen by the way he has lived among the people. That is seen by the way he has led the people. And so, listen to his message. Oh, there are loads of voices vying for our attention right now, aren't there? I wonder which are the ones that you might be prone to listening to more than others. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the media, it's the newspapers or, or the TV news. BBC website that you go to and go, tell me what I need to know. Tell me what the latest news is. Maybe it's social media. You just find yourself scrolling through Facebook or Twitter the whole time, reading all the latest articles on what people say we shouldn't do or we should do, or what's right and what's not right. Maybe you've decided, I'm, I'm going to cut that out. I'm just going to listen to the experts. That's the only voices I want to hear. But it's so hard, isn't it? Everyone has an opinion right now. There's voices every, everywhere right now. Samuel wants to say to the people, listen to me. You can trust me, right? You've seen how I've lived among you. You've seen how I've led. God is speaking through me to you. And today, God is still speaking. Listen to me, God says. Get God's word open. Listen to him. Is that the first voice you hear when you wake up in the morning? Or are you quickly on your phone to check BBC and see what developments or news there's been overnight? I don't know about you, but if, if I'd have read God's word as much as I've read the BBC website over the last week, I reckon I would have read the whole of the Bible by now. We have a wonderful opportunity to commit ourselves to God and his word during this time. Let's listen to a voice we can trust, eh? Let's listen to a voice that is still speaking to us. Let's listen to a voice that is sufficient for our needs. 
And so then, as we turn to his word right now, what do we see? Well, we see a God who is faithful despite our sin. That's point two, the faithfulness of Israel's God. Have a look at verse six. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. Now then, now then stand here because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and for your ancestors. Samuel says, let me tell you about the power and the faithfulness of our Lord, even in the midst of your sinfulness. And and Samuel gives two examples of, of the cycle that Israel have been in. This cycle where they turn away from God and they realize their sin and they cry out to God and God hears them and is faithful and delivers them. It it happened in Egypt. Did you see it? Verse eight, after Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But not just Egypt, it happened during the time of the judges, verse 9. But they forgot the Lord their God. So he sold them into the hands of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths. But now deliver us from your hands of of our enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jeroboam, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. Each time, the Lord shows his faithfulness. Each time the people of Israel cry out to him, the Lord is faithful. He delivers them. Even when they've rejected him, they've forgotten, it says in verse 9. They've forsaken the Lord. They've turned to other gods, it says, verse 10. And yet now, Samuel says, well, it's as if you haven't even learned. Have a look at verse 12. But when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, we heard about him last week in chapter 11, was moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. And here, Samuel says, it, it's worse. With Nahash, there's, there's no crying out to God, but there's a demand for a king. There's no seeking deliverance from God, but specifying the deliverance in which, that, in which it comes. There's no appeal to the true king. There's no trust in God to send adequate leadership. They want their help in a human king not in God as king. It's, as I heard this week, a king or bust, not in God we trust. And maybe there's an application and a challenge for us today. It can be so easy to cry out to other things other than God for our help, for our deliverance right now. As this virus spreads, I wonder what are the things that we find ourselves crying out to? The scientists, find a vaccine, find a solution. Medics, healthcare, looking for testing, for treatment. Our 
politicians. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance. Whether it's for the illness or, or whether it's financially. What do, how do I, do I know I have job security? Maybe it's even to the supermarkets. Are you going to stock your shelves? Are there going to be enough supplies for me? Please, don't remove God from his throne during this time, like the Israelites did when they asked for a king. He is the all-powerful God. And he is still there for his people, even when they ask for another king. Verse 13, Now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. The Lord provides a king. You see, at times like these, we need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness to us. At times when we can be tempted to doubt him or to question him as to what is going on, will we be reminded of God's faithfulness demonstrated throughout the Bible, all that he has done for us? How do we know this best? Well, surely it's, it's the ultimate show of faithfulness when he sends his own son. He was prepared to give up his one and only son to die in our place because of our sinfulness, taking the punishment that we deserved when we turned away from him. But as Samuel goes on here, it almost seems maybe him showing that he's the leader that God has given them, well, that's not enough. Reminding them of God's faithfulness in the past, well, maybe that's not even enough. Challenging them over their sin of asking for a king, well, that's not enough. Well, Samuel seems to say, well, to confirm it here and now, to confirm that you have sinned by asking for a king, to confirm that God is faithful to you, to confirm that I am God's servant, God's leader over you. Well, watch this, verse 16. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord, and that same day, the Lord sent thunder and rain. The wheat harvest happened at the beginning of summer, the dry season. The rain, extremely rare at this time, just wouldn't happen. So if it did, well, you'd sit up and take note. You see what God's done here? God has got Israel's attention right now. Do you see their reaction in verse 18? So the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. As you realise God's faithfulness and power, be in awe of him. This is the God of heaven and earth. This is the God who sends thunder and rain in the dry season. But also, be convicted of your sin, verse 19. The people all said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. As we remember all that God has done for us, his faithfulness to us, I'm sure that will lead us to a conviction of our sin 
the ways we fail to follow him. And so will we be quick to turn back to him, to say sorry and repent? In these unprecedented times, stick with God. Why would you turn from this God? Why would you not serve this God? There is no one else like him. He is faithful. He is powerful. And so that's what Samuel calls the people to in our final section, point three, a call to faithfulness. Hopefully you're still with me. Keep going. How are we doing? Let's look. Point three, a call to faithfulness. Have a look down at verse 20. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Even after you have sinned, there is wonderful reassurance. Do not be afraid. God is faithful. God is for you. That's a wonderful message to hear right now, isn't it? How much I need to pray that every day. Do not be afraid. And so Samuel gives them a do not and a do. First the do not. He says, do not turn away from the Lord. Verse 21, do not turn away after useless idols. You see what Samuel's saying here? If you turn away from the Lord, you're not turning away to nothing. No, you always turn to something else. When you turn away from God, it means turning to idols. Idols in the Old Testament were were statues or figures that people made up to, to be gods, that they would bow down to them, that they would worship them. We saw that in verse 10. The people of Israel turned from God and turned to serving the Baals and the Ashtoreths. And the mistake that we can make today is that we think, well, that's an Old Testament thing. We don't do that anymore. But the Bible says idolatry is just as present now. Sure, we don't build a figure normally, but it's the things that we can end up worshipping. It's the things that can consume our thinking. Or maybe more relevantly for now, it's the things that in times of trouble we can turn to first. The things that we give all our time and attention to. Idols are the good things that God gives us that we elevate up and take the place of God. I wonder what that might be for you right now at the moment in this uh, uncertain time over the last few days and weeks. Here are a few things that can challenge me. Maybe it's your health. Am I going to be ill? What if I get ill? Will I be okay? And and suddenly, see what happens? It consumes my thinking. I'm always thinking about it, and it becomes my idol. And, And of course, we need to be careful because health is a good thing, and we should care about it, and we should think about how we can look after ourselves. But you see what the danger can be? Every day I'm consumed by it. It takes up all my thinking, And so in the end, I end up elevating up to the most important thing. Or maybe uh, maybe your mind wanders and you keep thinking about supplies. Have we got enough in the house? Is there enough in the supermarkets if I go? How much do I need? How long do I need it for? And suddenly, our material possessions, good things, food, things that keep us going, nourish nourish us, 
well, they, became, they become everything. We elevate it up so it consumes our thinking and it's our everything. These are important times to be thinking about these things. We do need to take the time to look after our health and the health of other people to make sure we do have the right things in the house. But the challenge is, don't elevate these things so they become the most important thing. Don't make these things the ultimate thing in your life. Don't be in danger of turning from the Lord and making these idols in your life. Did you notice what Samuel said about these idols? Have a look down in verse 21. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. Going after these things, making them your ultimate, it's no good. They can't rescue you. They can't deliver you. They're useless. And so what's the alternative then, Samuel? What's the do? Have a look at verse 24. But be sure to fear the Lord and to serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Maybe here's a verse to keep reminding ourselves of during these times. Whether we're working from home, whether we're keeping our social distancing, whether we're self-isolating, whether we're worrying about food or health, Will we fear the Lord? And, and it's not fear in the same way that we might fear the effect of coronavirus, a, a, a scared, a, a helpless terror almost. Now that's not how the Bible talks about fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is, is, is a fear when you, you know you're in the presence of greatness, when you know you're in the presence of a power that is able to bring rain and thunder in the dry season. It's not an awful fear, but it's a fearful awe. And so Samuel says, don't fear what's going on in the world. Fear God. An awe of who God is. An awe of what God has done. Do you see that? Consider what great things he has done for you. And Samuel's already done that. He's taken them back and done a history lesson to remind them of what God has done for them. His faithfulness to them. And so we need to keep doing that, reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness to us, seen most when he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. Keep reminding ourselves of the great things he has done for us. Remind one another, encourage one another, keep in contact with each other. Remind each other of the great things God has done for us. And so as we fear the Lord, as we consider the great things he has done for us, so Samuel calls the people to serve God faithfully with all their heart. In everything we do, make God your number one focus and priority. Follow him at this time. In verse 14, Samuel puts it another way, serve him and obey him and do not rebel against his commands. Samuel says, as you go forward into this new era, into this unprecedented time of a king, as I come to the end of my leadership of you, well, will you make sure you serve God faithfully in all you do? 
And so as we step into this uncertain time, this unprecedented time, not sure about what the future holds, short term or long term, will we serve God faithfully with all our hearts? As we wake up every morning, maybe this could be our prayer. Lord God, help me to serve you faithfully today with all my heart. Maybe serving God and following him will mean being more prayerful at this time. Setting times in the day, maybe the alarm on your phone to go off and say, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. Maybe serving him will we'll be getting in touch with Peter or Mark and the church and, and asking, is there anything we can do to serve the church at this time? Maybe it's finding out about people who are more vulnerable or, or isolated at this time. Getting in touch and seeing how we can serve them. Can we get them food? Can we just give them a ring, someone to talk to at this lonely time? It's been great to see church family getting involved with, with the local aid around the Clerkenwell and Old Street area, going around, delivering flyers, looking to, to serve in different ways. And so then, as we finish, what is our assurance at a time like this? Have a look at the wonderful reality of verse 22. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. God is faithful. He will not reject his people. He cannot for the sake of his own name because he has made us his own. We are his. He will not let us go. How do we know this? Well, the Lord will not reject his people because there was one who was rejected. The Lord made us his own because his own was forsaken. We have a God who will hold us fast and we can trust in that because he has shown us through Jesus on the cross. As Jesus was rejected, so we are accepted. As Jesus was forsaken, so we are made his own. And it's done. Nothing can change that. Nothing that happens in this world. Not even the deadliest of viruses. People keep saying it, we're in unprecedented times. These are new times for all of us. And so during these times, will you keep your eyes on Jesus, the one who was rejected, so that we will never be rejected? There's a song uh, that has these words. If your eyes are on the storm, you'll wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know I always have and always will. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you're trusting in him, if you're a Christian, will we make the most of these times? Will we wake up each morning and ask, how can I serve God faithfully today with all my heart? Can I pray for us? Let's pray wherever you are. Father God, thank you for Samuel. Thank you for his last words. Thank you that you spoke through him, that he was faithful in the way he lived among his pe your people. 
and the way he led your people. Thank you that you are a faithful God, that we see that throughout the Bible, we see that in all that you have done. And so Lord, will you help us to never turn away from you, but to stick with you, to turn away from the idols in our lives and to fear you and to look to serve you faithfully with all our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.